The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Let's jump into the word. I'm going to pray over this. We're going to dive in. We're starting. You guys, still, you'll see some papers around you on the, on the chairs. You'll also see some pens on, uh, hooked into the seats in front of you because uh, we're going to do a little bit of exercises together today. And it's going to be a little bit interactive. So just be ready. And Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom and ears to hear. Lord, let your spirit teach us, God, what you want us to know and take out of this and let us apply it in our lives. God, let your seed fall on good ground. Well, let fruit come out of it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the topic today is wars and rumors of wars, living at peace in the chaos. So we know that there's wars going on right now, right? There's war in Ukraine, and, and people are saying, well, this is a war, and maybe this becomes a World War III. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know how it's going to end. We don't know what's going on. And that can cause some stress and anxiety, right? What's happening in this world? This world's falling apart. Couldn't wait for 2021 to get over, so 2022 could come, and then 20, or 2021, and then 2022, and oh my God, now it's like, okay, stop, rewind, because going forward doesn't seem to be that much better. Let's stop and just either pause, or let's go on rewind, because it just seems like there's more chaos, and more chaos, and the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars, but here's the thing, when you calm the outside wars, and the outside rumors of wars, guess what you're left with? You're left with the internal ones. You're left with when everything gets good and everything gets silent, everything gets quiet. It seems like, okay, we're in a place of peace. There's really nothing left except for your own reality, what's happening in here. And I know that most of us have lived through some times that have been pretty good as well. And my experience in my own life and my experience in connecting with other people in their lives is that even in the good times, we end up having wars and rumors of wars going on in our own life, in our own mind, in our own heart which tells us that it's not external, that there's also just internal. Our own fears, our own anxieties, our own uh, sometimes feeling of insignificance or emptiness, our own uh, just wounds or bitternesses or or things we got to work through, our own selfishness, our own pride, our own greed. There's these things that battle. Or we feel like, oh man, things feel good now. How many of you ever felt like things were going, going too good? And then you feel nervous, right? Rumors of war. Like everything's going good, but there's a rumor inside of me that something's going to go bad. Something's going to happen. Something's not going to work out. Right? And so it doesn't always have to be that something's actually going wrong. We can just feel like something's going to go wrong, and we can go through the same turmoil, the same worry, the same stress as if it was actually happening. I don't want to go to that event because if I go, people aren't going to like me. People are going to look down on me. Somebody's going to corner me. Have you gone yet? No. But I'm already feeling the feelings of that. My finances are going well, but I know oh, they could go bad. My marriage is going good. So we get into all these things and aspects where it's happening inside and in our mind and in our heart. My health is going good, but I know somebody's the same man, and they got this going on. They got cancer, or they've got a, this problem, or that issue, or, you know, they worked the same job I did, and they have a carpal tunnel now, and I'm, my wrists are fine, but I know carpal tunnel's going to come and get me, and I'm worried about it every day, and I'm thinking about it. It just starts to come in, and all these worries and concerns and thoughts about life, like my kids are doing pretty good, but I know when they hit this age, man, I've heard it's going to go really bad. 
That's when it's going to be terrible. Like, I got my kids in school, and I don't know what they're learning, but I know that they're probably going to get destroyed when they're at school. And, oh, I worry about it. I stress about it. We've got all these things going on. And so there is real stuff going on outside of us, but there's also things that go on inside of us. So what is the cost of war? Some of the costs of war is a loss of life, obviously, a loss of peace, a loss of freedom, a loss of loved ones. This is real stuff happening right now. This is happening in Ukraine. This is happening all around the world. Some wars aren't even reported on. There's wars and skirmishes that go on in different countries and battles that happen. Hey, there's gang wars and violence that happen right here in the United States. Drug wars, gang wars, things that are going on. People are, are losing life. They're losing loved ones. They're losing freedom. And all these things are happening. Loss of confidence. That's out there. But did you know that all these things can happen from the wars that happen in here? I know people that there is no army taking their life. But they're already losing their life because they refuse to engage the purpose and the reason of their life because they're always being controlled by anxiety, fear, depression, isolation, those kinds of things. And they're literally losing their life to a war that's an unseen war. But it's happening. That they lose their peace due to something going on in here, not out there. The same, the same consequences. They lose their freedom. They're afraid to go engage or be involved somewhere. They're afraid to step into the purpose and calling that God has for them. God says, go serve this person or go love this person or start this ministry or go begin this business or some type of activity. And they're like, I'm afraid to do that. And so they've lost their freedom. They live in a country where they want to fight for freedom of religion and freedom to talk about their religion, but they never actually talk about their religion because they're afraid to talk about their religion. So they're still bound and still don't have freedom. Not because of anything out there, but because of inside here. Because they don't have the confidence, the boldness. There's a, there's a fear, a loss of loved ones. They're, they're divided and broken from loved ones. Not because they've been pulled away or incarcerated or put in a prison, taken captive, or because their loved ones have been sent off to war, but because bitterness, unforgiveness, brokenness, the war within has kept them separated from their loved ones. Their marriage can't come back together. They live in the same house, but they don't share the same heart. Their kids and their families are not connected. They're, they're, they don't go to the family reunions or the Christmas or the Thanksgiving because I wouldn't go there because, yeah, they're family, but, you know, I would never want to actually be around them. Why? Because it'll be a war. I don't want to get into the war. And so all these costs happen, not just out there, but they happen through things that go on inside of us. They happen through things that go on in our mind and in our heart. The costs of war and rumors of war, different than the actual war, but the rumors, worry and fear, increase the activity. This is science now. Worry and fear increase the activity in our brain's fear center, causing stress-producing hormones to flood our system. That's what they do. And what do they do? They cause fight or flight. And then they shut down our ability to reason. These hormones and neurotransmitters interrupt logic and reasoning in the brain, and they inhibit normal functionality. Now, there's a reason for that. That's a God design. If a guy walked through this door and there was no way out, and a guy comes through this door and he comes running towards me with a machete, or maybe two, and he's just running towards me, do I need a lot of reasoning or do I need just a lot of adrenaline to either fight or run? Because I'm not going to have a lot of time to sit down and think it through. Right? I need to act, and I need to act right now. 
because otherwise I won't get a chance. So there's a reason for that to be designed. That's for short-term survivability. You just got to survive. It's short-term. But to thrive long-term, to have like sustainability, to have life, that's where reasoning and logic comes in. I can't always be running or hiding. I've got to stop. I've got to like, what's, what's the process? Like what needs to happen right now in life? Okay, I can't just run from the bear out here, run from the lion out here. I've got to actually now reason and think. I'm going to have to plant. I'm going to have to grow something. I've got to build a shelter. I've got to do stuff in order to move forward in life. I've got to actually now use my head. So there's a point for those things, but if they are running life, then all the things that we're supposed to do that build and grow our life get shut down. And that's not what God has for us to do. God wants us to have peace. Mark 12, 30. Peace gives us clarity and it gives us sound reasoning so we can do what God wants us to do. This is out of Mark. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and all your strength. It's all of it. Why? Because if you're not loving God with your mind, if you're not setting your mind on him, if you're not having peace there, then what's coming into your mind can cause you then to have fear, anxiety, have all these other things where you start to run, greed, selfishness, things that keep you from living in the purpose of God. So he says, you know, just give me all of it. It doesn't work if you're part of it. It has to be all in. You know, Jennifer Gannon sitting back here in the back. She's a fitness guru, okay? But somebody has to be all in, right? They can't say like, okay, well, I'm going to do the exercise part, but I'm going to eat donuts and pasta 24-7, right? It doesn't really work. Now, they can have some, I'm sure. But they can't live back. I'm going to do both. I have a full passion for health and exercise. I have a full passion for pastries and pasta, and I'm going to live in both. Well, you can't do that. You have to say, what am I going to live? I'm going to go all in with this is where I'm going to actually be so that you can begin to experience the health and the growth and the change, right? It has to be complete. You know, in marriage, it doesn't work that way, right? I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life for you. I'm all in, but I really love this other man too. So he's my weekend man. That doesn't work. Wouldn't work for me, that's for sure, right? Or this other woman, this is my weekend woman. It doesn't work. There's an all-inness that allows you to be in enough that when things get hard or there's a struggle or there's a problem that you say, well, this is the, I'm all in, so this is where I'm at. I'm not looking to get out. I'm looking to be here. But he wants all of us to be there, and then that allows us to reason and work. So this is where we're about to get into the exercise. It's on the paper, and if you see a pen, so if you see a paper near you, grab that. Grab a pen. We'll do this together. But we're getting ready to start a series. This is kind of the intro, but we're going to spend the next six weeks really digging into the word on personal wholeness. When the Bible talks about peace, it's talking about shalom. It's talking about wholeness. It's not just talking about uh, an end to the fighting. It's talking about an actually being at peace, being whole, being complete, right? Not fragmented, not broken, but, but, at, but whole and at peace. Like that's where God wants us to live. That's where God wants us to be. So the six areas that we're going to cover over the next six weeks are mental, emotional, financial, physical, spiritual, and relational. And if you look on this slide, it'll show that each of these kind of lines up with the verse that we had before from Jesus, mind, heart, strength, and soul. They really line up with these areas. Now, are these perfect areas? Are these the ones that Jesus used? Are they per- no, they're not. This is the best kind of assessment of saying, hey, these are kind of the areas that this would involve and complete. Um, and so we're going to work through them. With the goal of helping you to move forward 
and for us each to move forward into a complete wholeness that God would have for us. A lot of times in church, the two main things that are focused on is your spiritual wholeness, like your spiritual wellness and your financial wellness. Spiritual wellness because, well, it's a church. Financial wellness, well, because it's a church and we need your money, right? So we got to get you financially stable so that you can give us your money so we can be financially stable. And then, of course, we want you to be spiritually because we're supposed to help you do that. Okay, so those are the two. But the reality is that these other areas are part of who you are as well. And they all work together. So we're going to do a little exercise to look at that. So you take this, this pie circle that you have on the sheet and grab your pen. And then this is what you're going to do. You're going to look. The center of that is zero. Okay, where they all meet in the center, that little tiny spot in the center, that's a zero. The outside line, that circle on the outside, that's 10. So you're going to rate yourself from 0 to 10 on each of these categories. So if you look at the one on the right, you see there's a line going through the middle of it. That's say I thought my emotional wholeness, my emotional well-being right now was a 5. Okay? I say, okay, it's a 5 right now. So I, I draw a line across the middle of that pie square. If you thought it was an 8, you'd go out a little farther. If you thought it was a 10, you'd go out there. Like, I'm emotionally well, I'm emotionally whole. So draw your line to wherever you think that would be and do that for each of those pies. And I'll give a little explanation as you go of the different ones, just in case anybody has questions. The difference between mental and emotional is this. Mental is what you're thinking on. Are you thinking on good things? Right? Are you thinking well? That's different than emotional. So I could get up in the morning and mentally say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. His mercies are new every morning. God is good. I'm, I'm thinking all the good stuff, and I've got my mind on good things. I'm going to love people, serve people. I, my mind's on good stuff. But I'm going along, and then 9 o'clock hits, and I get to work, and somebody poured the last cup of coffee, and I turn the corner, and guess what? There isn't a donut left. And the next thing you know, I'm just a wreck. I'm a total disaster. Like this job, you know, every time I come in here, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, the donuts are gone, the coffee's gone, nobody says anything. I hate all these people. I need a new job. I'm just going to be homeless. Nobody will take my donuts if I'm homeless. You just want to throw life away. Like, that's emotional. Because my mind was in the right spot, and all of a sudden, boom, and triggered my nerves and my emotions, and everything goes crazy. That's the inside versus the mind, okay? And eventually they work together, but there is a kind of a difference in the two. Uh, physical, obviously, is our body. How is your, how's your body, right? Not just how it looks. We used to do, my wife and I used to do health and, and fitness stuff. That was, our main, um, that was our main job and our main income for a few years. Uh, this was a long time ago, different life. But you can, be, you can be skinny fat, you know that? That's a thing. You can be, they call it skinny fat. And that means that you look really good, but when they actually test you, your cholesterol's through the roof, your blood pressure's bad, you don't exercise, you eat terrible food, but somehow magically your body processes it all, so it looks like you're healthy. But you're actually not. So we're not just talking about how it looks, we're talking about how is, you, how is your physical? How's your endurance? How's your strength? How's your, just your energy? How's your health? It's complete. That's a part of it. Spiritual, obviously, that's your walk with God. It's your walk with Jesus. That's being in the word, being in prayer, being in worship, feeling connectedness to God, not just the religiousness of coming to church. Well, I'm spiritual. I go to church. Well, that doesn't make you spiritual. Are you talking to God? Are you being connected to God in your life? Financial. Can you pay your bills? 
Can you pay your bills without going into an anxiety attack? Can you give? Can you share your finances with other people that are in need? Or do you feel so locked onto it that you got every penny I got to save, it's for me? There's financial aspects. And then relational. And relational I put last because there's a reason for that. If you get these other five healthy, the relationships tend to just get better. But if you will focus on relationships first, like, oh, I got to get our relationship fixed. I got to get our relationship right. Well, that's good for like three weeks. And then all of a sudden the end of the month comes and it's like, hey, we're having a great time. It's wonderful. Our, how come our lights don't work? Well, I didn't pay that. Well, why? Because I don't have any money. I mean, we don't have any money. What happens to the relationship five minutes after that? It gets really, really entertaining. It gets really wild, right? You have aggressive communication, whatever you want to call it. It starts to get a little crazy. So it's kind of at the end because you got to work through some of these other things, right? If your health is really bad, it's hard to have a good relationship. Right? I'm always out. I'm always, I'm always in bed. I'm always, this is going on. I'm always struggling. I'm always, well, it's hard to actually focus on relationships. That's why that's towards the end. So now the next thing, once you're done with that, color it in. Okay, so if you look on the right here, you can put the one up. Nope, go back one. Go back one. Slide. There you go. See the right, how it's colored in? Color each of those pies in. All the way down to the zero. From the zero to wherever you put your line, just color it in. When you get done, now you can flip to the next one. You'll have a shape. Okay, see that? And the question of your shape is really simple. Will it roll? <laughs> if you took that and you took it like a, like a deal and you just tried to roll it down the road, how far would it go? Like, does it look like a wheel or does it look like a ninja death star? Or does it look like something that would be flying around on, on Star Wars? Is it actually something that's rollable? And if it's not, if it looks more like a weapon, if you just think about it, this is why sometimes life feels like you start to go well and then you just get stuck. You kind of, things are going good and then, oh, I'm stuck. Like, oh, I thought it was going good. You know, if I have it, if I have it done here and I say, okay, well, my mental's pretty good, my emotional's pretty good, my physical's okay, my, my spiritual... Well, the problem is that all of a sudden I get to the financial and just, boom, it's dead. Uh, well, that's the whole side of the tire is flat. It's got no air in it, right? Now I'm stuck. And so we go and we get momentum. And what would happen if I took this and said, well, actually, I'm really good at the spiritual, so I'm just going to keep on focusing on that. And I push my spiritual out to like a 20, way past a 10. Like, what's 20? Would I roll any better? No. Why? Because I still haven't worked on some of the other areas of life that are not separate. They're a part of who God made me. Like he literally gave me a body. If he wanted me to do everything spiritually, couldn't he have made me that way? To just have no body? Just float around? That'd be cool. But he didn't do that. He gave me a body. Right? And so he gave us these things. If he didn't want us to need money, couldn't he just make it where we just provide our own stuff? You know, just kind of walk in and look at the counter and say, I want a cup of coffee. Boom. Whoop coffee but he didn't do that he makes us have to go to the store and buy it he makes us have to do all these things and so this is a part of how he wants us to live and to connect okay so this is all part of how God's trying to form us and work in us and it's important to not neglect specific areas because we feel like oh I don't really I don't really need that I don't really care about that I know that my wife and I years ago and all I wanted to do was all I wanted to do was 
do evangelism and preach and teach and do stuff. It's just my heart burned. I'd be at work. I'm taking work classes. They send me to seminars for sales, and I'm in there, and I'm always making notes on the side. This would work for church. This is how we could reach people. Like all down the margins of my stuff. I'm like drawing little. I had symbols, so I would do like a, like a dollar sign if it was business, and then if it was anything, like an idea that's coming for church, I'd draw like a little a little weird little house thing with a little cross on top, you know, and be like, is this a church? So when I opened it, I could see easily what's for church. And the reality was I just kept drawing little houses with little crosses on them, and I wasn't drawing any other stuff. And so, so all I want to do is ministry stuff. Well, that's good, but we also needed to eat. And so my wife would be like, well, where are you going right now? And so I'm going to the church to help out with something. She's like, okay. And I wasn't paid. There's no money coming in. She's like, well, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, because, you know, this is what I need to do. She's like, well... I get that, but like we also need to eat and keep our lights on. We got kids, and I'm like, well, I know we got kids, and God will provide. God will provide. So we get in a big argument. Um, okay, can I just tell? I'm going to tell you guys something that is so private. If you're online, this is private. Don't share this. <laughs> I did this. Okay, you ever know anybody that's just too spiritual? Now, well, you can't be too spiritual. Well, kind of you can. I mean, it, you can get to where you're just being weird, right? And you're not actually listening to stuff of God. You're not, like, walking things out with God. Like, Jesus actually fed people fish and bread. He didn't just have them just imagine they were full. Like, just feel full. No, he actually gave them food, right? So there's a practicalness. So my wife and I got in an argument one time. And we were in the shower. And we were arguing. Anybody ever argued in the shower? Be honest. Has anybody ever argued in the shower by yourself? You need help. Okay, stop that. (laughs) Aside from that, okay, there we are, and she's talking to me about money, finances, why I'm just going to the church, I need to go to work or whatever, and I literally, I was so spiritual that I got so mad that this devil is attacking God's ministry. So I literally, this was many years ago, I literally, I just turned around, water's coming down, I just put my hand on her head and I said, come out right now, spirit, and I start trying to cast the spirit out of her in the shower. I'll tell you what, never, ever try to cast the spirit out of your wife in the shower because she's telling you to pay the bills. Amen. Do never do that. Amen? Never do that. That is the worst. The person that got delivered that moment was me. I got delivered in a second of being too spiritual. It came out real fast. And as we know, my wife is so gentle and sweet, like she did it in a very nice way with a whole lot of fire. And believe me, I still remember. Don't ever do that. And so you can be too spiritual, and you're not dealing with the other things God has you to do. Man, I got people praying for my body, and I'm asking God to help my body all the time. Well, do you exercise? Do you eat well? Do you do anything good for your body? Well, no, but I'm praying all the time. That's too spiritual, because your body's a part of what God wants, to, wants you to take care of and fix. Relationships, I keep praying for that relationship, man. I just keep praying for it. Have you ever gone and asked the person's forgiveness for what you did? Well, no, but I keep praying. Well, there's a practicalness. Go to them and say, hey, I wronged you. I, I would like your forgiveness. I'm sorry. Or if they've offended you, the Bible says, doesn't say to just to pray about it. Jesus gave clear instructions. He said, if someone's offended you, go to the person and talk to them about it. Well, I don't want to do that because they offended me. Well, yeah, that's why you need to go talk to them about it. And offer a chance to work it out. I find that many times things that are so terrible, when we go talk to somebody, they get worked out. And that's love. We talk about love God, love people. Well, if you're going to love people, you got to learn to forgive. you got to learn to be forgiven. you got to learn to interact around our struggles and be patient with each other. So this is all part of what God wants to do in our lives. And so when we look at these areas, 
these, I'm going to go back over them real quick. The six areas of personal wholeness, mental, emotional, and there's some verses there uh, that you can look at that you can write down. There's many more. These are just example verses. Financial, physical, spiritual, relational. These are all areas that God wants to touch our life and that God wants to work in us and that he wants to help us. And so John 14, 27 to 29, this is Jesus. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now he's talking about wholeness. He's talking about completeness. Inside, outside, inner life. He's saying, hey, I want to give you wholeness. I want to give you peace. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You heard me say that I'm going away and that I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. Here's the word peace. Peace is, comes from the word arrow, which means tie together into a whole. Properly, it's wholeness when all the essential parts are joined together. That God wants to bring all the parts together. He wants to join them and make them complete. And when he does that in your life, then you start to find out, man, my life is actually living at peace. I don't have anxiety. I don't feel like the other shoe's going to drop. I don't feel like something bad's going to happen. Like, I do pretty well, and then all of a sudden my emotions get triggered because I still have offense and wounds and bitterness from the past. Okay, well, God wants that to come out. Like, I feel God calling me to serve as I'm reading my word and stuff, but I can't actually get out and go because I'm too exhausted. Well, God wants your physical body to be healthy and energized enough to go out and to be able to actually serve and to help people. You know, I feel like, man, I was just, you know, uh, talking about Alec over here. He's got, stand up with your little girl. Show your little girl off. You've got this beautiful little girl here that he's being a dad to and taking care of. Amen. Let's give him a hand for that. Not a lot of dads out there that have come out of struggle and stuff, try to go back and take care of their kids, and he's doing a great job of that. But to do that, you can't just have just the relational side. Right? You can't even just have the spiritual side. What are you, you're having to go out and work hard, huh? Go out and make some money. Because it takes money to be a dad. Right? It ain't free. I know that for sure. It's not free. You got to go do it. You got to have some physical health, right? So that you can spend the time with her. When you're done off work, you're not exhausted. There's a whole completeness. And I've watched Alec put the work in to be able to take care of his daughter. And it's taken work in all of these areas. You can sit down. But he gets, it's taken work in all of these areas in order for him to be able to do that. He has to work on relationship. You know, she has a mom, right? Well, you got to work. That's a, sometimes a tough relationship, but he's got to work on it. Because, man, I'm working on the relationship. Why? Because if the relationship isn't there, he can be spiritual. He can have the job. He can go to work. He can go work on his body. He can do all these things, work on his own mental and personal health. But if he doesn't work on that relationship... Guess what? It's going to be hard to co-parent. But he's got to be willing to get relational. And guess what? Relationships are most of the time kind of messy. Right? Even the good ones can get messy. Even the best ones can get messy. They can be a struggle. And so we know that because, you know, the Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart. And if you actually read Psalms, man, his relationship with God was pretty messy. And this is somebody that God's pointing to and saying, hey, this guy has a good relationship with me. And you look and go, really? Like his relationship has a lot of struggles. Like you read Psalms, man, it's almost like a, just like a journal of a like kind of bipolar kind of crazy dude sometimes. He's freaking out this minute, going that. And we think sometimes we have to be in such a relationship with God, with other people, that's just got to be perfect all the time. Like I'm struggling. I, I feel depressed or discouraged. I feel angry. I feel like, God, where are you? Oh, a broken relationship. No, that is relationship. 
Sometimes I wake up and I'm talking to God. And I'm like, man, I've, I feel like, Lord, you put me in a jam on this. I don't like doing this this way. Like, I don't understand. Like, how, why are you doing it like that? I got a better way. Anybody ever talk to God about a better way? Yeah. That's why some things are getting better. I've been talking to him about a better way. I'm showing him, Lord, do it like this. <laughs> Took a lot of years, but I think he's starting to listen. He's like, okay, well, we'll try it your way. My way's been, been tough. No, most of the time I'm talking to God, this is a better way. And he's just like, yeah, we're not doing it like that. I find out he's right, I'm wrong. But it's okay to have conversation, to talk, and to not be afraid of those things. And so God wants to develop us in all of these things. And that's what we're going to spend the next six weeks doing. We're going to spend the next six weeks just really diving in. So I just encourage you, wherever you're at in any of these areas, just to show up the next six weeks and say, Lord, can you work in this area of my life and help me? Because the other thing is, some people say, they've, I've done these wills with people, and they look at it and they go, well, yeah, mine's round, it'll roll. And then the next question is, does the size of it make a difference? Like, what do you mean? Well, they have six twos. So you got a little wheel like that. And they're like, it's round. Well, it is round. But have you ever been on a skateboard going down the road and you hit rock? Right? It's not always the funnest experience. You whew, flying right off. Okay, but if you go down on a bike, you ride over it. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Go down in a big truck, you might actually just crush that rock and it's gone. Right? So getting a little larger matters too. We want to get healthy and whole. Right? And the more healthy and whole we are, the more that we have the ability to roll over these obstacles and difficulties that come in life and to not always have to get stuck and to fall behind in them. And this doesn't mean that we do it alone because if you're, if you're out of shape and you're kind of bumping down the road, bumping down the road, bump, well, guess what? You get stuck. That's what we have a, a family for, a body of believers that people put together. You go along, you look at somebody and they're stuck. And what do we do? Oh, look at you. You're not in a round wheel. Ha, ha, ha. Look at me, driving circles around you, do a wheelie, and I'm gone. No, we don't do that. We stop and go, hey, I'm getting out of my vehicle. I'm coming over to yours. We're going to help get you up, lift you up, push you out. And then what do you do if somebody has a bad tire? What's the next step? You don't just get them up, push them out, and say, okay, you're out of that. Go for it. No, you get the tire repaired, right? It's not just about constantly getting out of the same situation. It's about, okay, let's get the tire repaired. Let's get you rolling. Let's get this healthy. Let's work through it, which is going to take both dedication on your side, dedication on my side, on each other's side. We're dedicated to the process in ourselves, like Fellow said. I like to thank everybody, and I'd also like to thank me. That's good. Fellow had to put some work in. It's okay to say, man, I'm proud of my own work. But where we have to put work in, we have to ask others to put work in, and we do it together, and we walk it out. And the other thing that takes is vulnerability. Somebody drives by, and your car's stuck. And they roll down the window and say, hey, you need some help? Nope, doing good. Doing good because you're embarrassed that you ran out of gas. You're embarrassed because you got a flat tire because you should have gotten new tires already. You're embarrassed because you didn't change the spark plugs. Or if you're like me, you did change them, and that's what broke the car. <laughs> Something went wrong. People were rolling down, and they're like, hey, you need help? You need help? Nope, I'm good. Nope. All right. No, just stopping here. Just trying to relax, catch some air, and some sun. You're on the freeway. Yeah, I know. Sounds like the river. I love it. <laughs> and you just sit there and try to act like you're just enjoying yourself. But to open up and say, no, actually, I blew it. My car's broke down. I should have paid, you know, this, but I didn't. I spent my money on a movie, and I should have went and got my tire fixed. And yeah, thank you for helping me. So it's going to take vulnerability and openness and a willing to trust other people with things in your life. 
Okay, and so the ways to do that here at the beat, there's a few ways. One is obviously here, but it's hard to get very personal with people on a Sunday, okay? And that's the reason why a lot of times people feel like church is a show, because it's like you come in, you talk a little bit after, but then you got to go. You can't get, get too deep and work on stuff. Uh, but the other opportunities are we have L3 Recovery on Monday nights. You can come there. It's at 7 o'clock. We do it at 7.07. We do a meal, and then we get into some areas of life that God wants to uh, work on in us. And so you can come there. We have community groups on Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's another place where you can come and get more personal and intimate with people and talk about what's going on in your life. And then there's also women's coffee and men's coffee. So these are some areas, or men's breakfast. So there are areas you can come in and connect with people. And the more open that you are, right, you're about to think I'm going to say the better that it'll be for you. That's not what I'm going to say. The more open you are, the better it is for the other people that are there. Why? Because it gives them permission to be open. It gives them permission. The reason I tell you that I try to like cast a spirit out of my wife in a shower is because you can see, do you know what, this guy has lost his mind there. Maybe you lost your mind before. Maybe you lost your mind right now. Hopefully the fact that I lost mine before and found it gives you hope that you could find yours. Right? We're all in the same, we, we go through the same stuff. And when you're open, it allows other people permission to say, do you know what, I got some issues too. And then we can all work on them together. It's what we've talked about before. This isn't a showroom, it's a garage. We come here to, to become more like, to grow, not to show off. Look, I'm like Jesus. I'm a church. No, I'm becoming like Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm pursuing that. That's why I'm at church. So I can grow and so that I can develop and be more like him all the time. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this time together. God, I pray as we dive into this six weeks, Lord, on personal wellness and personal wholeness, that you will help each of us, Lord, to be open, honest with ourselves, honest with each other about where we are in these different areas, and that, God, you would give us, Lord, hope. Lord, hope, not just to be built out of a situation, but, Lord, to be changed, Lord, to be uh, matured, to grow, to become more like you, to get, to get more health from you, God, experience the peace that Jesus said that he wanted to give us, Lord, which is the peace of wholeness, Lord, that the world can't take away, Lord, but it comes from you. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.